Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Zman Tshuva Lakol podcast, the podcast that aims to help each of us improve our Tshuva efforts during the Yamim Noraim season by focusing on one or two entries from the Vidoy. For the sin that we have sinned before you, under duress and willingly. We have said we had no choice but to sin, and we sin willingly because we could not resist temptation. Under duress. Often we sin because we put ourselves into a predicament where we rationalize that we have no choice but to sin. For example, if we're afraid that we may lose our jobs or customers, we may permit ourselves to do things that we know to be wrong and would not condone in others. Nevertheless, cases of genuine life-threatening duress override the Torah's commandments. However, there are exceptions. If a sin would cause a public desecration of God's name, it is forbidden to perform it even under the most extreme physical duress. Likewise, there are three cardinal sins, idolatry, immorality, and and murder, forbidden in all cases. And he points to the Ram in the Hilcho Yisodei Achuva, Perik Hei, Halachot Aleph through Gimel as a source for that. Willingly, we have sinned simply because we wanted to indulge a pleasure. How often have we condoned a misdeed simply because we wanted to please someone or to enjoy an experience? Such desire is one of the main causes of sin. And for the sin that we sinned before you under duress and willingly. And for the sin that we have sinned before you through hardness of the heart. We've refused to admit that we might be wrong. We have had the attitude of, I'm always right. Such arrogance gives birth to stubbornness in refusing to admit our shortcomings and to the lack of compassion for the needs of the poor and the infirm. God gave us free will so that we can make intelligent choices, not so that we should refuse to see the truth. For the sin that we have sinned before you without knowledge. We have sinned through ignorance. We have failed to think carefully or learn enough. Failure to study the Torah leads inevitably to sin, and lack of insight or information causes people to misjudge situations. Self-imposed ignorance is no excuse. And for the sin that we have sinned before you through hardness of the heart, for the sin that we have sinned before you without knowledge. And for the sin that we have sinned before you with the utterance of the lips, we were too quick to promise or speak. We've uttered vows and oaths, although the sages teach that it is best to avoid such utterances, even if they will be kept. We've expressed ourselves harshly against our fellows, hurting or shaming them. And when we were dissatisfied with events, we even expressed complaints against God. We have sinned because of hasty promises. We've made promises that we cannot possibly keep. And we've made rash statements and then felt compelled to justify them or to act upon them. And for the sin that we sinned before you with the utterance of the lips. For the sin that we have sinned before you in public or in private. Sometimes we meant to be noticed. Sometimes we thought no one knows. In public. A public sin is serious not only because of the act, but because it can desecrate God's name, what we call a chilul Hashem, in the eyes of onlookers. We do foolish or sinful things to attract attention and approval. In private. A private sin, on the other hand, is contemptible because the perpetrator seems to fear human disapproval more than he does God's anger. We've reassured ourselves that since no one sees, we are free to sin. For the sin that we have sinned before you in public or in private. And for the sin that we have sinned before you through immorality, we've aroused ourselves to commit immoral acts. This includes a wide variety of sins regarding sexual relationships and immorality, ruling in such matters if one is not halakhically qualified, coming into physical contact, even casual, that may incite lust, viewing people or literature that may incite desire. 
We are stimulated to deeds by the enjoyment we find in immoral literature, pictures, or conversation. And we contaminate our minds with the immoral fantasies that are glorified by much of our so-called cultured society. For the sin that we've sinned before you through harsh speech. We have spoken too harshly. We have caused sin by expressing ourselves too forcefully, thus hurting others or provoking them to anger. The term dibor connotes a harsh expression. This also includes all abuse of the divine gift of the intelligent speech, many of which are enumerated specifically, such as vulgar speech, lying, speaking improperly in the synagogue, violating confidences, and discussing business affairs on the Sabbath. And for the sin that we have sinned before you through immorality, and for the sin that we have sinned before you through harsh speech. And for the sin that we have sinned before you with knowledge and with deceit. We have misused knowledge and have deceived others. We have used our knowledge for the bad instead of the good. For example, the God-fearing person uses his knowledge of civil law to avoid any possibility of cheating others. The dishonest person uses his knowledge to circumvent the law so that his victims have no recourse. Tragically, we may have used our Torah knowledge to twist the halacha and take advantage of the less knowledgeable. Not only have we deceived others, we have deluded ourselves, and self-deception causes people to fall into the most dangerous traps. For the sin that we have sinned before you through inner thoughts, we have fantasized about sins we wish we could commit. We have indulged in fantasies of sins we would like to commit, if we could and if no one would know. Such fantasizing is the root of transgression. In a way, this is even worse than the act because our imagination becomes preoccupied with sin, interfering with our learning and prayer and altering our goals. Also included in this category are thoughts that derogate the dignity or authority of Torah sages. And for the sin that we have sinned before you with knowledge and with deceit, for the sin that we have sinned before you through inner thoughts. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through wronging a neighbor, we have wronged those who trusted us. We've cheated and hurt the feelings of our fellow human beings. Friends are easy to deceive because they trust us. Thus the advantage we take of friends is especially wrong. For the sin that we sinned before you through insincere confession, we have not taken repentance seriously. We confess our sins and beat our breasts, but we have no sincere desire to change. We make resolutions that do not come from the heart. We confess our sins with an outward display of feeling, but a lack of sincerity. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through wronging a neighbor, for the sin that we've sinned before you through insincere confession. And for the sin that we've sinned before you in a session of vice, we join discussions devoted to lewdness. We've joined gatherings devoted to discussions of intimacy and lewdness, the sort of illicit pleasures that people enjoy pursuing. For the sin that we've sinned before you, willfully and carelessly. We sinned intentionally and unintentionally, but unnecessarily. Even if a sin was committed unintentionally, it requires confession and repentance if it could have been avoided. Sometimes we sin out of wanton desire to demonstrate our independence of authority. But even if it was not intentional, our careless attitude toward a particular forbidden act shows that we do not care enough about the one who forbade it. If we had not taken a sin lightly, we would have taken the necessary precautions to avoid it. And for the sin that we've sinned before you in a session of vice, for the sin that we've sinned before you willfully and carelessly. And for the sin that we have sinned before you by showing contempt for parents and teachers. We have not respected those who could guide us. This sin can be and usually is committed out of their range of hearing. By degrading our parents and teachers, we have damaged their prestige and authority. 
We've been guilty of causing a breakdown of tradition by having failed to respect the bearers of tradition. We complain about the shortcomings of the next generation, but we are responsible, at least in part, because our children have learned from us not to respect their elders. For the sin that we have sinned before you by exercising power. We have taken advantage of the weak. We have used physical, economic, or political power to intimidate the weak. Because we are arrogant, we have developed an exaggerated sense of our own power. This has caused us to take advantage of weaker people, thereby causing them untold suffering. And for the sin that we've sinned before you by showing contempt for parents and teachers, for the sin that we've sinned before you by exercising power. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through desecration of God's name. We ignore the fact that people judge God by the way we act. If we truly had an inner personal concern for the sanctification of God's name, we would never act in a way that could cause desecration of his name. The more distinguished the person and the more identifiable he is as a Torah Jew, the more careful he must be about the impression his behavior makes on others. Even Yom Kippur, repentance, and suffering do not fully atone for the grievous sin of desecrating the name. For the sin that we've sinned before you through foolish speech, we've indulged in idle chatter. Idle conversations often involve foolish chatter and broad, harmful statements based on lack of information. Compulsive chatter can have serious consequences. Service of God demands as much thought and planning as our personal or business affairs. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter used to chide that the first commandment is, don't be a fool. Many sins result from simple foolishness. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through desecration of God's name, for the sin that we've sinned before you through foolish speech. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through impure lips, we've contaminated our mouths with vulgar speech. We've used improper language. Because we fail to maintain dignity and self-respect, we do improper things. Vulgar language weakens self-discipline. For the sin that we've sinned before you with the evil inclination, we've incited our lusts and urges. We've often made the serious mistake of putting ourselves into situations that incite our base urges. Furthermore, instead of avoiding the evil inclination, we excuse our sins with the claim that the temptation was too strong for us. We have wronged people to their faces and behind their backs. We have embarrassed or harmed people to their faces, and we have hurt people secretly so that they suffer without knowing the cause. Sometimes we sin because we're ashamed not to conform to the behavior of people who know us. If they do it, what right have I to seem as though I am better than they? Conversely, sometimes we hide our deeds from good people because we would be ashamed to sin if they knew about it. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through impure lips, for the sin that we've sinned before you with the evil inclination, and for the sin that we've sinned before you against those who know and against those who do not know. For the sin that we've sinned before you by subservience through bribery. We've purchased favors and sold ourselves for money and honors. We display dishonesty not only by paying or accepting monetary bribes, but through flattery or hope of status. The latter is the most insidious kind of bribe because we do not even realize how our decisions are corrupted by it. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through denial and false promises, we have not been honest. In our dealings with God and with our fellow men, we are guilty of both denial, which refers to lies about the past, and false promises, which refers to the future. For the sin that we've sinned before you through evil talk. We have spread gossip and slander. To defame others is a grievous sin, even if the stories are true. The sages condemn talebearers in very sharp terms, saying that gossiping is tantamount to denying God. The harm caused by gossip is incalculable. For example, by having described a person as extravagant or stingy, naive or conniving, we have created an image that will affect him socially and economically. 
אחית שחצנו לפניך על בחפת שוחד, ואחית שחצנו לפניך על בחחש ובחזב, אחית שחצנו לפניך בלשון הרע. For the sin that we've sinned before you by subservience through bribery, and for the sin that we've sinned before you through denial and false promises, for the sin that we've sinned before you through evil talk. V'yalchit shechatanu lefanecha bilatzon. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through scorning, we repulse attempts to improve us. We've greeted constructive criticism with scorn and ridicule. By resisting attempts to help us become better, we have little chance of improving ourselves. V'yalchit shechatanu lefanecha bimasav matan. For the sin that we've sinned before you in commercial dealings, we have cheated and connived. We have violated the Torah's commands to be scrupulously honest in business with customers, competitors, and workers. We've been tempted to cheat by the competitive nature of business. Additionally, when we are successful in business, we often credit ourselves with superior intelligence or congratulate ourselves on hard work. This tends to lessen our trust in God, who is the source of our prosperity. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through scorning, and for the sin that we've sinned before you in commercial dealings. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with food and drink. We've eaten forbidden foods. We've been careless in observing the laws of Kashrus. We have failed to wash our hands and make proper blessings. By indulging too much in gastronomic pleasure, we've incited the animal within us. It is human nature that lust runs away with us unless we hold it in check. For the sin that we've sinned before you through interest and extortion. We have profited from usury. Whether we have given or received interest, we have violated the Torah's prohibition. The fact that it is common business practice does not permit the forbidden. If we seek personal profit from another's need or misfortune, we become hard and callous. The Torah wants us to feel that someone else's need is ours as well, and we should feel responsible to help. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with food and drink, for the sin that we've sinned before you through interest and extortion. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through haughtiness, we've acted arrogantly. We have shown our arrogance through our body language, for example, with head held high, showing disdain for the person we have been asked to sit with, and God despises haughty people. What is more, our need to demonstrate superiority over others drives us to all sort of evil practices. For the sin that we've sinned before you with prying eyes, we've been guiltful in gazing at forbidden things. We've been curious to see what does not concern us, especially to see things that incite lust. We've made eye contact with fellow sinners to indicate moral support for one another. By raised eyebrows or other eye motions, we have indicated a disapproval of someone, refining the art of character assassination without saying a word. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through haughtiness, for the sin that we've sinned before you with prying eyes. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with the idle chatter of our lips, we've prattled endlessly. We have failed to concentrate on what we say. So we've mouthed words of Torah and prayer without thinking what they mean. Moreover, we've been led to sin by a fear of silence. Most of us feel uncomfortable if no one has anything to say. So we have filled our time with all sorts of inane chatter and damaging gossip. For the sin that we've sinned before you with haughty eyes, we've been disdainful of others. By the look of disdain in our eyes, we've indicated an inner feeling of superiority that has led, to, led us to disregard the concerns and sensitivities of others. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with brazenness, we've lacked the Jewish attribute of shame. Not having shame or respect, there was little to deter us from sin. The Talmud teaches us that a sense of shame is an inherently Jewish ca- characteristic, and it is a vital one because it prevents people from doing the wrong thing. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with the idle chatter of our lips, for the sin that we've sinned before you with haughty eyes, 
and for the sin that we've sinned before you with brazenness. For the sin that we've sinned before you in throwing off your yoke, we've failed to accept responsibility. We've thrown off the many responsibilities that are incumbent upon every Jew. The yoke of God's kingdom, of studying Torah, of improving ourselves, of helping others, of being a constructive part of the community. And for the sin that we've sinned before you in judgment, we've judged unfairly. As judges and witnesses, we've corrupted the decision-making process of courts and the settlement of disputes. We have judged God and found him guilty of not treating us as we think he should. We have not meant to be unfair to people, but we've been quick to condemn them on the basis of inadequate information. We've lacked good judgment and common sense in failing to judge people charitably. For the sin that we've sinned before you through entrapping a neighbor, we've taken advantage of our friends. We've sought ways to take advantage of another's weakness. We have manipulated people, and this is especially wrong, when we do it to friends who have confidence in us. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through a begrudging eye. We've been jealous. We've been stingy and jealous, trying to find ways to free ourselves from giving charity, not being generous to others and resenting their success. We've been unwilling to do simple favors for others, especially when our missions would go unnoticed. For the sin that we've sinned before you in throwing off your yoke, and for the sin that we've sinned before you in judgment, for the sin that we've sinned before you through entrapping a neighbor, and for the sin that we've sinned before you through a begrudging eye. For the sin that we've sinned before you through lightheadedness, we've been frivolous. We have given way to frivolity and have not thought seriously about our responsibilities. We have not treated the synagogue and study hall with proper respect. And for the sin that we've sinned before you with obstinacy, we've become unreasonably stubborn. We've become single-minded and so lost our objectivity because we had a strong desire for something. We've refused to learn from experience and constructive criticism, and we have denied that obstacles and failures were God's veiled way to make us repent. For the sin that we've sinned before you with legs that run to do evil, we have hurried to commit sins. We've rushed with zeal and alacrity to do evil. It's bad enough that we often feel we must do the wrong thing, but why should we be enthusiastic about it? And for the sin that we've sinned before you by gossip mongering, we've turned people against one another. We've told people about the damaging and embarrassing things that other people say about them. We've caused hatred and argument by disclosing secrets and spreading stories. In particular, we've created hatred among former friends through gleeful remarks like, do you know what so-and-so said about you? For the sin that we've sinned before you through lightheadedness, and for the sin that we've sinned before you with obstinacy, for the sin that we've sinned before you with legs that run to do evil, and for the sin that we've sinned before you by gossip mongering. For the sin that we've sinned before you through vain oath-taking, we've sworn falsely and frivolously. We have shown disrespect for God's honor by using his name for false or trivial matters. The Torah's prohibition against oath-taking includes not only false oaths, but also unnecessary ones, such as swearing that a tree really is a tree, or by swearing to the truth of something in an ordinary conversation. The sages include four kinds of oaths in this category. A, swearing to something that is obvious, for example, swearing that a certain tree is a tree. B, denying the obvious, for example, swearing that a certain tree is a stone. C, swearing to violate a mitzvah. Or D, swearing to do the impossible. For the sin that we've sinned before you through baseless hatred. We've hated people on a personal level instead of disagreeing on issues. We've made the awful mistake of hating people rather than their evil deeds. Even when someone acts our wrong or go against our feelings, we should never feel hatred for the person. Baseless hatred caused the destruction of the second temple, even though the Jews of that period could not be considered wicked by the normal definition of the word. Continued hatred prolongs our current exile and is the source of countless conflicts and problems. 
For the sin that we've sinned before you in the matter of extending a hand, we've been callous to other people's needs. We've refused to lend money to those in need, and we've been, we have committed many other sins regarding monetary relationships, whether in business, in loans, in safeguarding someone else's property, or in partnerships, where we've attempted to deny something that was rightly due to another person. Another interpretation of this phrase is that we've joined hands with the wicked people. And for the sin that we've sinned before you through confusion of the heart. We've not seen God's hand in everyday events. We've allowed ourselves to be weakened in matters of faith. When troubles befall us, we wonder why, instead of understanding that God is showing us that we must improve ourselves. We've doubted the validity of the Torah, the authority of the sages, and the applicability of the halacha to modern times. For the sin that we've sinned before you through vain oath-taking, for the sin that we've sinned before you through baseless hatred, for the sin that we've sinned before you in the matter of extending a hand, and for the sin that we've sinned before you through the confusion of the heart. That's it for today. Please take a moment to think about times when maybe you've fallen prey to the behavior that we discussed today. Can you think of specific examples? If so, take time to think about the damage that was done so that you can better feel genuine feelings of regret. Take time now or sometime today to articulate verbally what happened and how you regret that it happened. Is there someone with whom you need to make amends? Consider doing so. Consider reaching out and sharing with them what happened and how you regret that it happened. Ask for their forgiveness. How can you prevent these mistakes from happening again? What triggered this mistake? What can you do going forward to not let this behavior repeat itself? Spend some time today contemplating today's entries and have a meaningful and transformational day.